Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Daily Draft Report. It's your daily dose of prospect information for the NFL Draft, brought to you by Campus to Canton. Tonight, we get, today, we got a really good prospect we're going to touch on. Uh, we've been going, uh, before show, we were talking about his pronunciation. I'm going to go with Siaki Ika, defensive tackle from Baylor. He is sometimes called Apu, which is much easier, Apu Ika. Um, but I go with his real name. He is a senior, six foot four. He measured in at 335 pounds in Indianapolis. My guest today is Kyle Lindemann. I pronounced that right. I should have checked beforehand. Yeah. Lind- okay. Lindemann, Lindemann fantasy, yeah. and, fantasy and NFL draft analyst for Rotoball. Kyle, how are you doing today, man? Doing great, man. We, uh, day one down. We got three way, we got three days to go. So better, uh, pace ourselves. <laughs> exactly. This one won't come out till Tuesday. So by then we should have already had tons of overreactions and tons of, you know, so <laughs> I'm glad we got this guy out of the way though. So we, we know what he did and he had a rough day yesterday. <laughs> you know, I talked about it a little bit before show. He came in at 335, which is a lot smaller than some people thought. He was closer to 350, they thought, but he didn't break 12 percentile historically in any of the tests he participated in except for the three cone which he was only the 46 percentiles. So it's going to be tough for him to maintain first round draft capital with that, that type of showing. But uh, then at the same time, if you watch the tape, you know, this guy's not going to be like a crazy athlete either. So let's go over his background real quick. He's a four star from the class of 2019, originally committed to LSU. He is from Salt Lake city after two seasons in Baton Rouge playing sparringly. He transferred to Baylor. 2021, he had 24 tackles, including six for a loss and three and a half sacks last year. 24 tackles, two tackles for a loss, two pass deflections, and not a single sack. So, Kyle, what skills do you think Ika has that will can make him successful in the NFL? Well, I mean, he's definitely a clogger by by you know every stretch of the imagination. I was kind of hoping you know he was going to run a little bit better yesterday. Kind of came in a little less, obviously weighing a little bit less. You know, maybe he tried to lose some weight, maybe th- maybe thinking he could run a little faster. So right. kind of a double whammy, right? He lost weight and then he ran slower than we thought. So at the same time, you know, teams are not really worried about a 40-yard dash for, for a defensive lineman. They're more worried about the 20-yard split and the 10-yard split. His 10-yard split was like a 1.88, it looks like. You know, I he's probably out of the first round now because I think a couple of guys just really – stepped up yesterday and you know kind of what teams are looking for with how much the game has changed you know to favor passing and everything else you know teams are not going to draft a defensive tackle high if he's not going to be considered a three down player so you know if 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 they can't have this guy out there on third down to rush the passer you know which is fine i mean he he has you know his strengths and his weaknesses but they're probably not going to invest high draft capital on a guy that's only going to play a limited number of snaps Right, yeah, pitching him in two down really hurts a little bit. I was hoping he could show a little bit of, like, he's incredibly powerful. You know, he can hold the point of attack really well. He said clogs that middle of the lane. Um, I thought he might have a little bit better explosion because on on tape you saw it a little bit more, I thought. Like, he seemed like he had a pretty good get-up for a guy his size. Um, (laughs) In my notes I had, he looked athletic for his size, and then he goes out and does that yesterday. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's hard, you know. He, yeah, it's it's a lot of pressure on those guys too. So, and if you've been to Indy, you know the food's good there. So it's uh, he he might have been distracted by some things this last weekend. So today, right. or whatever. So yeah, there's some some things to still like. You know, he's going to make the entire defensive line around him much better because he can, can clog up so much 
space in the middle and he's really good at run defense you know he's he wraps up guys if they get you know near his his wingspan and stuff so he's definitely got some things to love but so other than what we talked about what are reasons of concern like especially on tape what what things did you see that you think might cause problems probably not you know getting after the passer i would say is probably one did have a couple of sacks in 2021 right you know um i did have some data on him he did have a fair amount of pressures which i was encouraged by um i have i have his exact numbers here if you give me just a second because i did some stuff on like all the defensive linemen so Basically, in, th- in the last two years, he played 24 games. He had 51 pressures, six, wow. six sacks, 39 hurries, and he had four passes defended. So I think that's an important thing to look at. Like, as fans, we're, we're always looking at sacks, but, like, NFL front offices are not looking at sacks. They're looking at pressures and hurries. Obviously, you know, pressures being a good – indicator if you can get pressure up the middle i mean obviously that's the clearest path to the quarterback you know we just don't have a lot of guys that can do it consistently so i don't know that he's ever going to be like an eight or ten sack game guy but i think he he can get after the quarterback yeah i mean as far as statistically if you, if you get 30 tackles and, and five sacks out of him, you'd be super happy you know and as far as statistically but it's not going to show up in a statistically so you see, what kind of roles does he think he'll fit, and do you see any teams he'd be a really good fit on that you could think of? Or I mean, he he feels like an AFC North kind of player, right? You know, he does. I, yeah. I mean, the Browns need interior defensive line help in the worst way. I mean, they're they're. I mean, they they might have the worst defensive tackles in the league, you know. And I think he maybe he maybe he may not fit Pittsburgh's scheme. I could see Baltimore being involved. You know, they kind of run multiple defensive fronts, so. Yeah, and he probably feels like a maybe a later second, maybe early third round pick. I don't think he'll he'll really fall much further than that. You know, he he's got a lot of experience. I think teams like that, you know, he's not like right. a one one year wonder guy. I, I would say that you know I could see him going somewhere like the Ravens for sure. You know, because all those years they had Halodi Nada kind of plugging up the middle. You know, obviously he's not going to be as drafted that high. Halodi Nada was like a pretty high first round pick, but I kind of get I kind of get similar flashes from him. Yeah, this is up. This is upside. I think. Yeah, this is you know the ceiling or whatever. I like that. Yeah, he does feel like that. And then we had talked about it also before show. He he had been consistently mocked late in the first round. And I just can't see that happening after this showing. I mean, you'd have mm-hmm. had to have, especially like you said, with guys like a Dewari, a Dewari, <laughs> having a really good day yesterday, and mm-hmm. you know Breezy, and you know it just he needed to probably do a little more to secure that. So I think he's probably mid second, mm-hmm. early third at the latest. For, he's for sure. Yeah, he's still a guy like his size is going to be pretty, pretty impressed, pretty well needed. So do you, do you have a player comp for him or? Uh, yeah. I mean, Lodi Nada, probably his high end. Um, I don't know if you remember Paul, uh, so Solaye or Solai, however you say his name, <laughs> kind of had him comp to him a little bit. Maybe a little bit like a Danny Shelton too. Right. I kind of remember him. Yeah, just like like you said, it's a guy who's just gonna clog the middle and you know, just maybe yeah. wreak a little havoc. Uh, those pressure numbers are very enticing. I don't remember hearing that. So that, that that's pretty impressive to be able to do that because that's what you really want out of a guy in the middle. You want him to be able to plug that, but then if things break down. You know, in today's NFL, I mean, you can be a two-down guy, but people's they pass on first and second down a lot too. You, you got to be able to 
translate that to power to be truly successful. I mean, if he really can't, then I don't see him be, being on the field hardly at all, right. you know, of uh, the obvious running downs and obvious, you know, right. goal line situations, things like that. So, yeah. I mean, I think what makes it hard with these guys is like, they're, they're not always the kind of guys that are going to show up on the stat sheet. Right. You know <laughs> what I mean? So like a lot of guys is just, they're clogging the middle. They're freeing up the middle linebacker to be able to make plays. So, I mean, got, you know, think about, I'm going back quite a ways, but like think of guys like Ted Washington, Tony Saragusa, you know, Sam Goose. Adams. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> rest, rest in peace. Um, You know, Sam Adams, like guys like that, they didn't have a, t- they didn't really show up on the statute, but like they really disrupted the line of scrimmage. You know, when the Eagles took Jordan Davis last year, I was super impressed by him. Obviously, I don't think he goes on that level of prospect, but like someone right. like Jordan Davis just completely just dominated the line of scrimmage and disrupted like every play. It may not show up on the statue, but like when you're watching it on tape, you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's awesome. You think he is better than a 3-4 then? or I think so, because I think a 4-3, he's not going to be versatile enough. I mean, you still probably could, but I think he'd rather. I'd rather see him in a three-four. We can really eat up the middle there. Yeah, he he had a um, yeah. seven-eight on the three cone. His twenty-yard shuttle was like a four-nine-nine. Doesn't look like he jumped, and I don't think he did the bench yesterday. But um, you know, some of these some of these offensive defensive linemen, especially if you're someone who has really long arms, it's really hard for those guys to do the bench. So, right, right. I don't I don't really put too much stock in. Oh yeah, I mean, you know he's strong. You watch the tape, you can tell the boy's strong. All right. Well, thank you, Kyle. Thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, I know you, the, you, the defense. The, the defense isn't always uh, isn't always as exciting to talk about, right? Everybody loves offense, but I think well, I yeah, I like talking to them. But I, I'm I'm definitely I love linebackers and safeties a lot more, you know. Than I don't know. I like to see their the how the, how they impact the game, you know. Where the edge rushers are usually they're, they're fun too. And those are like the more sexy. I'm definitely a linebacker guy. I love talking mm-hmm. about linebackers. So. Yeah, I think, you know, you had Kalaja Kansi had, you know, a, he had a hell of a good day, day too. Yeah. You know, he came in over 280 and and he ran well. Brian Breesey, obviously, I think did well too. Yeah. You know, so they, they, it's, you know, it's a very deep draft. I think that, you know, there's probably not much difference between like pick 17 and like pick 45, in my opinion. So I think, right. you know, the Seahawks and the Lions, they got what, eight of the top like 53 picks. I think those teams really, stand to benefit the most you know it's probably it's probably the kind of draft i would i would if i was in the first round i'd want to trade back but if i'm in the third round i would want to trade up and try to get another guy before the drop off you know right yeah i I keep mocking um breezy to the lions i think he'd be a really good fit there i'd make that front seven even yeah uh, yeah as long as um (laughs) as long as um Jalen Carter doesn't fall. Jalen Carter's not going to fall past six. I mean, the Lions would be like sprinting to the podium for that guy. Oh, definitely. They have, they you know, they've built a good enough culture that even if there are maybe some character issues with him, it's something I I think they can absorb. I don't, I don't. It's hard to say. He almost kind of feels like he's the Laramie Tunsil of this year's draft because some people were kind of comparing him to Henry Ruggs, and I don't, I don't like that. I mean, yeah, especially from some of the attorneys I talked to, I would say. You know, for anyone who wants to stay plugged in that situation, you know, Drew Davenport is like a really good. Drew is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he, he provides a lot of good stuff from a legal perspective, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. Right. Yeah. It sounds like Carter. I mean, we don't know the whole story, but it sounds like he just, the situation got bad and he's like, I'm going to protect my stock and get the hell out of here. And I, you know, 
can't tell me 99 of 100 guys in his situation would have done the same damn thing, you know? So right. obviously not perfect, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, we don't know everything yet, so I'm sure. I, I hate I hate that it comes out right now, you know? Like, why why, why have we sat on this for two months? You know? <laughs> you know like, yeah, I think. Like, damn it. <laughs> just teams are investing, you know, multi-millions of dollars in this guy. So they're, you know, they're basically hiring the best private investigators around the country to look into all this. Right. That's partially what it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, Kyle, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and what you're working on. Yeah. It's a uh, luck is made FF. I, you know, I got my link tree on there. So right now it's mostly doing a lot of draft stuff, kind of slowly working on getting my YouTube channel up, you know, talking about a variety of NFL topics, uh, I'm not really going to plunge into a lot of the fantasy stuff and probably till like middle of June. Cause that's just not really where people are right now. They're not really thinking about that. Um, as far as redraft goes, but yeah, dynasty, you got a couple of dynasty rookie drafts coming up and I think I, uh, I got the one one and one league via trade. And I'm kind of excited to have Bijan nice. cause <laughs> I feel like, you know, and Bijan's going to be so expensive. He's going to be hard to trade for, you know, so at least like I already got him. So. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get him anywhere, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, oh well. I play a lot of C to C, so he's already gone in most of those. So, I right, mean, right. he's not even. All right, you can find me on Twitter, FF People's Champ. This podcast, Daily Draft RPRT. Thank you all very, very much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.